It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Welcome, everybody. Another episode of Ears Up Podcast. Today's a good one for you. We have Terrence. Uh, who's uh, telling us about men or something? Old old people. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I feel like Terrence, uh, Terrence's show and uh, Taryn's job have sort of like collided, where uh, you know because Taryn works at uh, senior living. Anyway, uh, it was really funny, and uh, you guys should really just laugh. I got it. Thanks. Man. I got it. I was with you, bro. Appreciate I got it too. Thanks. Oh, you know what? I'm not. I'm not in the chat. I got to fix that. Anyway, what's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us. We uh, are here in the studio. Uh, we're listening to Terrence tell us bad news because that's all he does. <laughs> tell us bad news, but it's not really bad news for us. It's it's a, a problem for him that he needs to figure out because he's still expected to be here every show. Terrence always <laughs> has problems. Poor Terrence. Yeah, Terrence. <laughs> so you'll figure it out. We'll figure you out. Basically, uh, your church is now going back full time or whatever you said. I wasn't really listening. Um, and uh, you're not going to be able to come here on Thursday. So we're going to have to change the yeah. show nights, the live show nights, from Thursdays to whatever days. But if I remember correctly, we picked Thursdays specifically for Terrence. And it's not... <laughs> it's, permanent. A, it's because I'm doing five jobs right now. Sure. And when I'm not doing that fifth job, then it won't be an issue. Sure. Right. We'll I, figure it out. I got you, man. Well, and it's different now because I think a big part of why we ha- chose Thursday was because that wasn't a day that you had to watch your kids and there was like a lot of that stuff. And now, I mean, it's just, it's everything's different now when it's vi- through like this and not with you guys yeah. sitting right here. We'll be all right. We'll be fine. Um, the big news is, Terrence, um, is I sold your microphone. <laughs> so the timing was perfect. Yeah. See, this right here, this connection right here, um, right here. What? I sold your microphone. What the crap, bro? Are we <laughs> yeah. going back to the studio? Uh, I don't know. Not for another year, at least, for sure. Um, yeah, my friend Ted, uh, for you Patreon supporters, that uh, the $12 level are up. Uh, Ted is the uh, radio play-by-play call for the San Jose earthquakes and does a lot of like uh, Bay Area traffic and stuff. Anyway, he needed a microphone. I'm like, well, I'm I'm looking at a $400 microphone. I didn't pay $400 for it. Patreon, don't worry about it. Um, but that nobody's using. So uh, yeah, man, you know, I sold it to him. We'll get you. We'll get you set up when we come back to the studio. You have a nice mic. I feel like you'll just bring that. It'll be fine. And once we're all vaccinated, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we can. Get together again. It'll be fun. No, I kind of like it. I miss everyone. No, I know. I actually, <laughs> I really don't like doing shows like this. I hate it, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. But I feel like, you know what, man? Uh, I had to help my buddy out, and uh, we have enough time to sort you back out, Terrence, so don't worry about it. But I just wanted to let you know that your, your, uh, your microphone is now being used in a professional broadcast capacity. Oh, that that's time for everything, you know, <laughs> right? You know what I mean. Uh, and if you're a fan of San Jose Sharks, Ted does the Morning Tide podcast every morning uh, after the San Jose Sharks lose, and um, <laughs> so you can hear Terrence's microphone being uh, used properly and professionally uh, on the Morning Tide podcast on Spotify or wherever. And let's be honest, Terrence, like your second mic, so he's just going to take my mic and give it to you, and then I'm going to get a cr- another crappy one. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. You're fine. He really sold mine. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> I mean, wait, no. <laughs> uh, anyway, today's show, you guys, is uh, like I said, a Terrence show, 
And uh, we are talking, Terrence, about the nine old men. Walt's nine old men. Yeah, it was um, honestly pretty interesting doing some of the research. And you and I were talking. And the nine old men is going to have to be nine old parts. Like, it's going to have so to be, right? so much information. And so, yeah. um, <laughs> nine old parts. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds smelly. That yeah. And I actually thought you said farts. And I was like, yeah. I don't think I get this one yet. I'm yeah. just going to give it a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be it'll be good. We're going to talk about it um, at a very high level, and then I'm going to kind of dig deep into. Um, that sounds really weird. Let me rephrase this. Talk about it at a high level, and then I'm going to do a deep dive into the life of one of the nine old men. Yeah, I'm not going to dig deep into an old man because that's just gross. I mean, look, whatever makes you feel powerful, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean. You can do whatever. Why is it always weird? Because every every I, show. You met us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Speaking of, from the two women who decided to hack up a lung into the microphones right before the show started. It was hey, we're going to start the show, guys. Okay, ready? Yeah. Okay, and also for the record, I went back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I was doing it because I thought it was funny because you hadn't started yet. Babe, did you get a new job selling silverware? Because your shirt says forks, and so I didn't know if you were like wearing your new company shirt or something. No, this is from Forks, Washington, yeah, okay. which is a great place. And also, this is the best sweatshirt I've ever owned. I actually bought another one. <laughs> it's very, very similar to this. It doesn't say Forks, Washington, but it it's the same company that puts it out. And it Spoons, just it has like, the same kind of like, <laughs> like color scheme. And it just says indoorsy. And then it has like the silhouette of somebody <laughs> sitting on a couch watching TV. <laughs> That's pretty good. That is a great <laughs> I was like, need. Yeah. <laughs> It'll you, be delivered tomorrow. <laughs> was that another ad on Instagram? No, no I've learned my lesson. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be delivered tomorrow if it was an ad on Instagram and come here in six months after it was shipped from China. <laughs> yeah. It's coming from Amazon. And four sizes too small. Right. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how it works. <laughs> exactly. If you want yeah, to find I, out. I ordered, I ordered a unisex large. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to find out how we work, you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. You can send feedback to Taryn at earsup-podcast.com. Send show suggestions to Terrence at earsup-podcast.com. Although maybe not now. I don't know. (laughs) You can say hi. Hi. To Bev and anything else. I said I said hi. Oh, you did? We didn't we didn't pick oh, up there, on There's it. a little delay. Yeah. No, I totally said hi. Um, hi. And anything else comes to me, Jason, ears up, hyphen, podcast.com. If you guys are itching to get out of the house and you want to go to Disney World, there's no better uh, business or association that you can make with going to Disney World than Concy Ears. You go to concyears.com. That's ears spelled with an S, which is the responsible way to spell it. And get your tickets online. They do offer a full concierge service that is no extra charge to you guys. But even if you know what you're doing at Disney World and you want to go get tickets, buy your tickets through concierge. Uh, it, it helps support them. And it's sort of like having uh, just a backup plan in your pocket in case something goes wrong, in case you need help uh, booking a reservation or doing something else, um, or even just to get the lowdown of how the parks are acting and operating now before you go. Um, and you don't want to go through everyone's TikTok videos or whatever. However people get information, I have no idea. Uh, but anyway, ConciEars.com, they will definitely help you out. Like I said, if you've been before, that's fine. Uh, just buy your tickets to them too. And there, it's no extra charge for that. They charge you exactly what Disney's going to charge you. So uh, be sure to support those people. They're, they're, they're big, big supporters of the show. They're our official travel partner. And um, yeah, thank you very much. 
Thank you. And you know what? Even if you're not planning on going, uh, sign up for their social media. Mm-hmm. Send them emails. Let them know that, like, hey, thanks very much for supporting Ears Up. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, eventually, when everything opens up, we will use you guys again. Just let them know. Yeah. Let them know that. That'd be nice. Yeah. I have, actually, a confession to make that I I, I was reminded. Oh, here we go. I don't know. It's not, like, a big one. Yeah. Um, but Alice is, like, adamant about going on walks right now, which means we walk around the, the lake kind of in front of our house, and then we stop at the baseball field. <laughs> Just to clarify, it's a pond. It's a man-made okay, pool of water. <laughs> it's not a lake, you guys. Don't worry about it. It's a four-mile hike through the lake, but... No, it's it's half a mile. I actually, <laughs> yeah, I actually Google measured it, um, and then we stop and we play with a, a soccer ball, whatever. Um, but today, you know, it's cold, and I'm I've got her stroller, and I'm starting, and I'm like, this is just. I didn't feel like doing it. I was like, I'm tired. I'm bored, and so I turned my phone onto Main Street Music, and I just set it on top of her stroller, and I. Tried to imagine that I was walking through Disneyland instead of walking around a stupid man-made pond. And it was nice for like a minute. <laughs> nice. It was That's something. Cool. I actually – I today for some reason I, re- I, miss, I miss being able to go to Disneyland more than usual. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I still don't. I'm still um, cool with it. You enjoy just being in the house and, like, not really going many places. I don't know. I'm one of those guys that, like, uh, you know, I, I need the cool underground thing. You know, I don't need the hype so, the hype machine. I need the cool, like, if there was, like, a, like a you know, a, a theme park in the field that I knew about, that's where I would want to be. You know, serving, serving $12 lattes uh, with really expensive coffee beans and organic milks, I would go there. Until until the hip crowd ha- until TikTok happened and then and then you know and then nobody would uh, I wouldn't go anymore because it'd be too crowded for me. That's called I think Berkeley. you should stop talking. Mm, yeah. <laughs> All right. well, look, man, I don't know. Get a bowl of organic pho while I'm waiting in line. God, I hate you so much. <laughs> I don't know, man. What are you gonna do? Get my sutro boots on and my uh, whatever. Anyway, uh, Taryn, do we have any feedback for the show? Nope. All right, I love it. I love not having anything to talk about. Yeah, you guys. It's my favorite thing in the world to do. Uh, yeah, send feedback on the show if you want to you know, tell us how dumb we are or how smart I am. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> feedback at uh, whatever Jeez. we're doing. No, no, it's Taryn at earsup-podcast.com. Yes, that's I don't correct. Know. <clears throat> whatever. Uh, if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash earsup. That's the best way. Just go there. There's a lot of content. Uh, if you're if you're thirsty and hungry and tired and uh, dopey and sneezy for content um, <laughs> from us, and you're not a Patreon supporter, go there. There's hours and hours of secret show stuff and Tiki Room stuff, all this kind of nonsense over there. So uh, check that out. You can buy t-shirts at etsy.com slash shop slash coveyers. That's also really fun, too. Uh, yeah, that's all my announcements. We do have some news to talk about, Terrence, today. So uh, I don't know how long your seggy is, but uh, hopefully we'll get to it. If not, if you're listening live and you don't know yet and you are a Patreon supporter, we are doing a secret show tonight. So I have tons of news um, over there. Anyway, uh, Terrence, let's learn about the nine old men. Ugh. All right. I'm actually really excited about this. Are you good, man? I am. All right. So when Walt Disney started Walt Disney Productions, his animation department was led by the extremely talented Ub Iwerks. This was the first generation of animators at Disney. And honestly, if you think about it, this was the first generation of animators as a whole. 
Now, for anyone who's listened to the show for any length of time, you have heard us murder the pr- pronunciation of his name numerous <laughs> times. I'm not sure if it's Ub or Oob or Ubi, whatever it is. We're just going to go with Iwerks. That's his name for the rest of the show. Okay? Yeah, it's, it's like we went to high school with him. Iwerks, right. what's up? <laughs> I was on the football team. Yeah. <laughs> so Iwerks was supported by a pioneering group of animators. While these guys were full of potential, the biggest issue that they had is that there was a lack of a budget. This is still a fledgling company at the time. There was material constraints and there was a lack of ability and training. So while the company was moving forward, Walt knew that he wanted to do something more than what they were doing right now. Just something. He wasn't sure exactly what it was, but something bigger, something better. So to get to get his staff from where they were to where they needed to be, he began to offer art classes at the studio at night. Now, he started seeing that this improved the quality of work that was coming out, and with a huge financial success of the Three Little Pigs short. So I don't know if you saw the Three Little Pigs short, but it is still great. It's still one of my kids' favorite shorts of all time. Um, they, Walt was able to make enough money to hire more animators that were coming out of art schools that were starting to open in New York. So famous Disney animators like Freddie Moore, Norman Ferguson... Art Babbitt, at this time, they began to graduate from school in New York, and they came out to the West Coast and were hired by, a Disney, by Walt Disney um, Animation. Now, Walt knew that he needed something different from his original group of animators. Uh, what it turned out that he needed was people with more of a formal education. Uh, they had an, a uniform education, so they knew how to get from point A to point B, and they were all studied the same way. That allowed him to have so many different animators working in parallel while still utilizing their creativity. Their formal education and the fact that they were well-versed in multiple areas of animation, this gave them the ability to relieve some of the workload from Walt by having them move into leadership roles within animation. This is the first time that Walt was not supervising every single thing going on in animation. This was the point in time in the late 20s and 30s where the company was winning Academy Awards. They were making the Silly Symphonies that were marrying animation and sound in a way that had never been seen before. Now, while this was good, and while the company was now legit, Walt was still pushing the company towards creating the first ever full-length animated film. While they had the capital to pull this off, what they did not have was the staff to produce the work on that scale. So Disney, now a big company, um, the, the occupation of animation and illustration is becoming well-received and is now viewed as being legitimate. So because of that, several West Coast schools began to open and have uh, in major mo- metropolitan areas like San Francisco and L.A. And Walt began a paid internship program where recent graduates could come in and be trained by Disney animators. The supervising animators would guide them often on the same characters, but would do different sequences based on their strengths. So basically, they would sit them down. This is how you draw the character. You're going to draw this character, and I'm going to draw different sequences with the same character. Now, while it may seem like overkill, what it did is it ensured that each artist drew the same character the same way. During this time, nine key employees were hired by the Disney company. Wes Clark was born in Utah and was the eldest of 12 children. The family moved to L.A. and he began working at an ice cream shop that wasn't far from the Walt Disney Studio. Now, while while Les was still in high school and he had no formal training, he had a good deal of raw talent. Walt visited the ice cream shop down the street from the studio one day and he he complimented Les on the lettering of a menu that he drew. Les gathered up all the courage that he had and asked Walt for a job right there. 
Walt did not give him a job, but he granted him an interview the next day. So Les ran home and he copied every comic from the newspaper that he could find. So he had something to show at the interview. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so Walt saw, saw the comics, saw the talent, and he was hired on the spot. Now, Les was the only of the nine old men that we're going to talk to. He was the only one who actually worked with Iwerks on the origins of Mickey Mouse. Hmm. Now, since he didn't have the formal education of the other eight old men, he continued to take art classes at night for his duration with the company. Eric Larson was born in Cleveland, Utah, and was the son of Danish immigrants. He was hired by the company in 33 and quickly became one of their top animators. He was also very keen on recognizing talent and was the first person within the company to find new animators and started the training program for new animators as well. Wolfgang Riedermann was a German-American animator and director. He took more of a backseat than any of the other animators um, on this list to do main characters. He did a lot of the, the sub-characters. Um, he was known for doing Timothy Q. Mouse from Dumbo and Monstro from Pinocchio. But after Walt's death, he produced every single motion picture that came out from the Walt Disney Studios until his retirement in 1981. Frank Thomas was born in Santa Monica and moved to Fresno before his family relocated to Palo Alto. His dad was a professor of romantic languages at Stanford, so he spent a great deal on campus. After high school, he attended Stanford, and he wet his whistle while working on the Stanford Chaparral with future co-worker Ollie Johnson. He joined the company in 1934 and was employee number 224. Ward Kimball was born in Minneapolis. He was extremely silly and found himself often getting in trouble with his grandparents, whom we resided with for weeks at a time. Uh, this sense of humor came in handy in a few ways within the company. Number one, he loved working on comical characters, while many other animators found realism to be their niche. He also was a great trombonist, and he founded the Firehouse Five Plus Two, which also starred Hopper, Harper Goff and Frank Thomas. John Lounsbury was born in Cincinnati. He was hired by the company in 1935 as an assistant animator on Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Uh, he also wound up directing Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2, as well as The Rescuers, who came out shortly after his death. Milt Call was born in San Francisco. As a younger kid, he would often redraw comic characters into different scenes from which they appeared. He was hired with the company in 1934 as an animator and quickly began to refine his angular style. Brad Bird, the director of The Incredibles, was his protege in the early 1970s, and Brad Bird credits Milt for the angular style that you see in the movies. Hmm. Ollie Johnston was born in Palo Alto. He attended Stanford and transferred to uh, an art institute in L.A. his senior year. While Walt loved his animation, they also shared a love of steam trains. In 1949, Walt visited uh, Ollie's house, and Ollie took him for a ride on his 112th scale steam train. This was Walt's inspiration to build his own steam train in his back in a backyard, which led to the train at Disneyland. Lastly, there's Mark Davis, and we're going to dive into him in a little bit. Now, Walt's old men. It's a funny term when you actually think about it, because number one, it was a reference to what FDR called the nine Supreme Court justices who he was mad at most of the time when he was president. <laughs> Walt loved these guys. He loved all nine of these guys. Second, Walt was older than every single one of his old men. <laughs> Perfect. That's funny. Right. Yeah. Number three is that there was a board created to study all the possible problems affecting the company in relation to its work between 1945 
1947. There were 15 people who were chosen for the board. By 1950, only nine people were left on the board, and Walt called them his old men. That's the story of how they got the name. That's crazy. That's it. It was nothing crazy. It wasn't any crank. It wasn't these guys are the best people ever. <laughs> They're just who was left. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens, man. Right? Let me so, interrupt you for a second, Terrence. Go for it. Uh, is that your like smoke alarm that's sort of popping off in the back every once in a while? That? Yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, that's my bird. Oh. Sorry, that's my bird. <laughs> you have a bird? Why do you have a bird? I have a, I have a parrot. Oh. Right. You have a parrot? I have wow. an African gray, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I did wanna, not know she's that. She's live longer than me. I've never heard her make more noise than she is doing right now. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry about that. I can shoot her if you want me to. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Or if, if it's time to put her to bed or something. Yeah. So let, she me, doesn't... Um, let me turn off the big light. Maybe she'll close. Thanks, man. <laughs> it's it kept sounding to me like when you're watching you both, a basketball game, like and you the sneaker squeak. Yeah, you hear the sneaker. I didn't want to say anything, but it, I you just thought it was like a both making a face every time it would happen. That's why I texted you. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, sorry it's, about that. It's the That's bird. A, sorry, man. Sorry, it's my bird. Sorry about that. All right. So, <laughs> so um, all of them would go on. They would um, all of them worked on the first three animated features for the company. Um, so <laughs> I know. I'm really sorry. I can't get. I'm it's not okay. gonna be able to it's, I think it's even worse now that I know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Mr. P says you're a pirate. <laughs> yeah, basically. She should be on your shoulder. <laughs> I will. I hate. I do not touch that bird. Sorry. <laughs> well, hey man, if uh, you ever run out of pillows. <laughs> All right. So um, they're not. They're Walt Disney's nine old men. They had great skill, but it was a lot of luck that they are idolized the way they were. They just happened to be the last ones left on the board. They were also the people who brought in the twelve principles of animation. Uh, these I actually find really fascinating. The first one is squash and stretch. So think about when you throw a ball. So up until this point with animation, when you throw a ball, the ball would have the same size and shape all the way through its path, hitting the ground, coming back up from the ground. But if you look at a rubber ball, when it hits the ground, it kind of squashes. And then when it rebounds, it kind of stretches. And so they wanted to make sure that when they animate it, when anyone animated, that you're showing weight and flexibility to the drawn objects. So they actually look like it's physically doing what it's supposed to do. The second thing is anticipation. So instead of just having a character start doing something, you have to think about what the character would do before they start doing something. So if a dancer is going to jump, first before they jump, they have to bend their knees. If a golfer is going to swing, before they start swinging, they have to do their back back swing. So anticipation. Number three is staging. And this is something that's key when you really start looking um, at it. The, the background, the background of different scenes are amazing, but they ensure that you know what the focal point is supposed to be. So you can have background action going on, but then at the, fore, the foreground, you know that that's where your, fa- where your eyes are supposed to be drawn. Uh, the next thing is straight ahead action or pose to pose. So you have to look at whether you're drawing the first pose of a scene and the last pose of a scene, and then you're drawing all the different intricacies that are in between, or if you're going from each po- like from pose to pose to pose all the way through. Um, the next thing is follow through and overlapping effect. So uh, with follow through and overlapping, you're looking at if you were to throw a baseball, you have a follow through motion with your arm. 
and there's going to be a little bit overlap of what you're going where your your arm's going to go in front of your body as well. So they're trying what they're really trying to do is just bring in anything that makes it look more real. Uh, the next thing is slow in and slow out. Most people don't um, aren't able to hit their top speed immediately, and they're not able to stop immediately. And so you have to slow uh, speed up the animation at the beginning and slow mm-hmm. it down at the end. The next thing is arc of trajectory. So looking at where the start point is and what the end point is, and then actually using um, basically all of the, the laws of, of science <laughs> to make sure that it takes, it takes a logical arc from point A to point B. Uh, the second thing is secondary action. So not just looking at what the character is doing as far as what their facial features are concerned, but if they're walking, are they moving their arms? Are they whistling? What, is their, what do their feet look like? What, are they shuffling? The next thing is timing. Timing is um, basically tra- it translates to how it looks on on film. So is it the correct timing for emotions, for moods, for reactions, things of that nature? Um, exaggeration. Let's not forget they're drawing cartoons. Sure, you got to be more expressive. More expressive, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. But you're but the the more expression for the main character also has to be in tune with the expression of everyone else. So you can't have one person be super exaggerated and no one else is. Um, solid drawing number 11 solid drawing making sure that the drawing looks three-dimensional it looks like they actually have some weight to it as a real person and then finally appeal so looking at the charisma of a character how do you encompass the the charisma how do you make this character look appealing to someone if they're um if they are the face character they're a good character how do they look sympathetic if they're a villain how do they look evil so trying to draw that into it as well and these are the 12 principles of design that they created, that they put out, where it's still being taught to animators to this day, where if you are drawing a person, you have to think about these 12 things. And if you are not able to, t- to think about these 12 things, then at some point you're going to lose your audience and how you are drawing the character, which is pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing that they thought about this in, in such a, a complicated way, in such a crude time of animation. Yeah, they had to write the book. They had to figure literally, it out. Yeah, literally wrote the book. So this is the, that's the overview. But now we're going to dig it deep into one person. So Mark Davis was born in the Baker, uh, born in Bakersfield, into a family that moved around a lot. In fact, they moved so much. By the time he was going into ninth grade, he had already attended twenty four different schools. Now, his dad was an oil field developer, so he was constantly moving around to find new drilling sites. When Mark was young, he was constantly being uh, beaten up by bullies. But nice. he found that his drawing ability actually gained him some popularity and kept the bullies at bay. I'm going to read this again, and I want you to hear how weird this sounds, okay? He was getting beaten up by bullies, but he found out that since he could draw, people thought he was cool. Huh. Yeah, that that look, that did it. Not that you could eat a whole fruit by the foot in, you know, 30 seconds. That doesn't do it. Right. Back then. You got to draw cool. <laughs> you could draw. It's so weird. Wow. So Mark, um, Mark, after high school, he attended Kansas City Art Institute. Then he transferred to the California School of Fine Arts in San Francisco. And finally, he went to the Otis Art Institute in L.A. Uh, While he was going to uh, Otis Art Institute, he would spend countless hours at the L.A. Zoo sitting on benches, observing the animals and sketching the animals in various poses, trying to find how their poses and movements can look as realistic as possible. 
Mark, after graduating, he um, applied for a job with the Walt Disney Studio as an animator. Now, funny enough, um, I had a friend last week that gave me, um, she showed me something from her great-grandma who applied for a position at the Walt Disney Studios as an animator in 1935. Uh, And it was based on a newspaper clipping that came out that said that they were looking for animators. And the response to her was, we do not hire women in position for animators. This is another reason why it's Walt's nine old men, because women were not hired for this position at that point. Sure. It wasn't until later that he did that. I mean, I get it. Uh, oh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, obviously. Come on. It's funny. I know. Yeah. So so Walt hired Mark uh, in 1935, and he was hired as an apprentice animator for Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Now, Mark was able to draw animals very well, but he also had a knack for drawing female characters, and this led to him being called the, the ladies' man of Disney, where he drew you know people like Maleficent, Cruella Deville, etc. And this is what he said. He said, Milt, Milt Call, one of the other nine old men, got stuck with the prince a lot, and I got stuck with the girls. Now, while this may have been his feelings, he was also able to correctly get the mannerisms of characters, and he breathed life into them like no one else could. And this is, this is what Walt said. He said, I haven't used Mark as I should. I have a whole building over there filled with animators that all they, that's all they can do. Mark can do story. Mark can do character. Mark can animate. And he can design shows for me. All I have to do is tell him what I want, and it's there. He is my renaissance man. Now, Walt did not give those kind of, uh, those kind of compliments out to a lot of people. But even, even a higher compliment from Walt circled back to Davis over the years. When Walt asked what piece of the studio's animation he loved the most, Walt replied, I think the best thing we've ever put out is the scene where Cinderella gets her ballroom gown. And Mark Davis is the one who animated that scene. So Mark was still one of the best animators um, at, at the studio. And he was also one of the top producers at the studio during the construction of Disneyland. But Walt pulled him in and helped him draft uh, what the animals should look like for the Jungle Cruise. Now, in 1959, Walt invited Mark down to Disneyland, and he said, you know what? I want you to look around the park, and I want you to tell me what you think is missing. Now, what Mark said was, in those days, there was nothing funny there at all. Everything was meant to be like a documentary more than it was meant to be an experience. And so he suggested that you could add a little bit of humor into that boat ride that you guys have which was the Jungle Cruise. And so because of him, in 1962, the Jungle Cruise meant from being a, a nor- just a normal documentary ride to actually being uh, what, it, <laughs> what it has become now. Um, so Walt knew that Mark could help plus his part. So over the years, Mark was responsible for the character creations for the Jungle Cruise, for the mine trade through Nature's Wonderland, he, w- he did all of the animations for the birds for the Enchanted Tika Room. He was responsible for the Ford's match at Skyway, the great moments with Mr. Lincoln, the Carousel of Progress, It's a Small World, Pirates of the Caribbean, the Haunted Mansion, the Country Bear Jamboree, American Sings, and then the Western River Expedition that was never born. Wow. He really had his hands all over the park. In nice. uh, 1982, Davis was a recipient of the Windsor McKay Award. In 1985, he was a recipient of a Golden Award for 50 years of service from the motion picture screen cartoonist. In 1989, he was inducted as a Disney legend. 
1993, he was a recipient of the Disney Legend Award from the Disneyana Fan Club. Uh, he's received Oscar. He's, cool. he's received so much. And he has a Main Street. Uh, 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 gosh, my bird. I'm sorry. The window on Main Street USA. And it reads this Far East Imports Exotic Art, Mark Davis, proprietor. Aww. Now, starting in 1994, every year, the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences has uh, annually presented the Mark Davis Lecture on Animation series, featured noted creators and uh, luminaries in the industry. Um, on January 12, 2000, Mark passed away. At the time of his passing, he and his wife, Alice Davis, and you may have heard her name before, she did so many set designs uh, throughout the park. Uh, they had been married for 44 years. Now, um, they met when Mark was a professor in LA at an art stu- at an art college and Alice was uh, a student, but they actually got back together when he was working on Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. He asked for a, um, a gown to be sent over and Alice was the one that brought the gown over. So the person, the live actor they had, they were built, uh, basing all the mannerisms on so she could wear it. At that point, he said, hey, I remember you. They went on a date the next day, and they got married six months later. Well, back then, that was probably too long, too. <laughs> that was a long courtship. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. So that is part one of Walt's Nine Old Men. That All right. was great. Very good. I love it. Yeah, very good. Do you want to hear what my joke was? Yes, I do. All right. It was this. <laughs> Bro. Never liked this too. I am so sorry. And that's all I could like all I could hear because every time it went it just it pierced my brain. I really am so sorry guys. Sorry, She's n- literally never liked that. She's never I've never heard her make that much noise. It's all right. It's all right. It's not your fault. I mean maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know how you I mean. yell at your bird or not. Let's hear from our good friend Mr. Sean O'Sullivan from the 21st Amendment. Hello, it's Sean O'Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery, and we are proud to announce a fresh addition into our Hell or High series of beers with Hell or High Pomegranate. Our California Bay Area brewery has done it again, creating a crisp and refreshing wheat beer that pairs well with the season. Hell or High Pomegranate is made with real fruit and is sweet with a slightly tart finish. It's a perfect beer to enjoy during this time of year and can brighten any rainy or wintry day. Behind all that soft and elegant pomegranate flavor and aroma is a wonderful wheat beer with its biscuity, light, bready notes, and at a mere 4.9% alcohol, is quite enjoyable. Hell or High Pomegranate is available across the country where 21st Amendment beer is sold on draft and in cans. That's right, cans. Thank you, Sean, for being in studio here very clearly to uh, deliver that message of uh, unity and uh, pomegranate. Uh, Oh, you know what I don't have is my Disney News Sounds. I don't, know why I said past, present, and future. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said it like a spooky person. It's funny because I to like the slow one. Oh, God, no. I can't anymore. <laughs> Unless I like go in and change it and do all that stuff. No, don't. You broke it last time. <laughs> That's actually really close. <laughs> it's very, very close. That's real good. Man. I can't freaking find it. News. Let's just look up news. <laughs> Did we do a window? I I don't think we've done a window on Mark Davis, but did we do one on Alice? One, I, it would obviously be Alice. Me or I don't know. Karen. I don't know if she has a window yet. She's still alive. She's ninety one. Think she does. I I don't believe that I have. 
I can't remember all of the windows I've done, but I don't think I've done her. No, I tried to make a list because I yeah. was like, have we done this one? Oh, she does have one. She, yeah, no, I know she's she's on my list, but it doesn't say like if I did it or Taryn did it or if nobody's done it and I just put it in there as a suggestion to myself and forgot. I can check, but I, I don't mm. think that I have. Speaking we of- should get her on the show tomorrow. Because we don't have Wong, bro. <laughs> Terrence. Dang. Who? Taryn? What? Oh. No, Alice Davis. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we can book her. Sure. I don't know. I don't know why we could do that. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't have the Disney news, uh, you know, John, but we're going to plot along anyway. And uh, hopefully you guys can figure out that we're doing Disney news and you don't need the uh, <laughs> the theme song. Yeah. Um, big news, Disney CEO Bob Paycheck expects theme parks to be mask-free in 2022. Yeah. No, he's wrong. He's incredibly he's wrong. I think The he's whole world wrong. is still going to be in masks. Yeah, that's insane. You guys, masks are going to be here till 2023, easy. Yep, for sure. They're not, the, the vaccine doesn't change anything. Doesn't change, Terrence. It doesn't change anything. It's not as effective against the uh, South African variant. The UK variant, they're not really entirely sure on right now. And that's the variant that's going to be dominant by summer in the US. It's just, they're going to be around. Anyway, um, Disney parks have been remained closed, have remained closed or reopened at limited capacity to allow for social distancing. We all know that. According to Deadline, Chapek provided an update on the company's theme parks on their recent conference call, saying he doesn't expect them to resume normal operations in 2021. Quote, we have no doubt that when we reopen up in parks that were closed or increase capacity, that we will have some level of social distancing and mask wearing for the remainder of this year. That is our expectation. I believe that... Uh, I believe that Fauci said earlier today that he hopes that there are vaccines for everyone that wants them by April of this year, Chapek added. And if that happens, that's a game changer and could accelerate our expectations and give people the confidence they need to come back to the parks. He went on to say he anticipates some overlap until it's confirmed the general public has achieved herd immunity, quote, but we also do believe that we will be in the same state of six foot social distancing and mask wearing in 2022. Absolutely not. What a joker. He's wrong. You're wrong, paycheck. Well, there's there's, wrong, appar- there's apparently a discussion here because Bev and Terrence don't seem to agree with him being wrong. I'm, I'm not talking about the reality of how effective it is. I'm talking about the reality of what restrictions are. Yeah, exactly. and that, that's what that's, I mean. I think the restrictions are going to hmm. be there, especially in California. We're going to have uh, – that's that's why I think. it's. I think that we'll be able to go without masks. I don't think that – I don't think that we're no. I mean, I think safety wise, we would be able to. I don't think we're going to be able. I don't think those restrictions are going to get lifted in the next I, year. I think the way and at the speed that restrictions are getting lifted at this point, I think the restrictions will be lifted by 2021. I'm not saying that this is a wise thing to do. I'm just saying that I think the restrictions will be lifted. Well, see, and I'm saying even the opposite of that. I think that. It's not even going to be necessary to – I don't think it's going to be as necessary to wear masks, but I think that those restrictions are going to stay in place. I th- I do. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I think so too. Okay. I mean just – especially because how much problems we've had in California with the with COVID and like controlling it. 
you know, um, Newsom's doing a great job. Maybe I don't know. Um, you know, controlling everything so far. Um, I have a story about COVID numbers and 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 looking at the Orange County dashboard. It's it's changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I don't know. I, I guess it really comes down to once people are vaccinated, which now it's not April. Now they're saying like July because um, there's been a lot of supply Yeah, I was going to say issues. there's yeah. no way <laughs> yeah. those are all going to be available in no. April. He's he's high. Yeah, well, that was the expectation. That was the plan. And then he gets in office and is like, well, let's really, you know, that's not going to happen. And then supply issues happen. That storm in Texas is, is shutting down some of the... Um, um, some of the vaccination sites in Southern California. So it's just, you know, it is what it is at this point. But um, I think I, I think once those numbers sort of kick in and, and we see the reality of what's happening, um, you know, and, and then until we really fully understand how these, these uh, new variants are, are affecting everybody, I think everything's going to just stay sort of, you know, mask mandated. If anything, you'll see, you know, indoor capacity rise, but you should, you're still going to be wearing masks. And I, I don't know, I have a feeling that, in 2022, I think we're still going to be uh, masked indoors. But I don't know. I mean, you know what? Talking my, now, I'm talking myself out of it. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe everyone else is right. Well, I don't, I don't know. Think, I keep I hearing know. things about like that. It's not going away. This is get used to this life. Like this is we're not going back to normal. Like that's all I keep hearing. So like that's what I guess I'm believing is like. Don't I mean that's what Fauci is saying. Like, don't expect this to go away once everybody's vaccinated. Like, it's not going away. So, like, this is the new. Everyone's life. like ping ponging back and forth between it. Yeah, this I don't weird. know. Yeah. Well, I also heard that we we're going to be on quarantine for two weeks, and so I mean, <laughs> right? The infor- yeah, well, yeah. You know what I mean, the information just it it changes. It's, it's on a pendulum, and it's yeah. never in the middle. It's always on one extreme or the other. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. just hearing that. I guess. I guess I'm also hearing that in the first part of 2021, when we're we're coming up on a year of shelter in place, it's like, there's no way things are going to change that. I I can't even imagine a reality where we're not going to be able to go out anywhere with a mask, without a mask. It just, it, it, it doesn't make sense, but... I guess if you work through the timeline, well, let's let's um, you know shift into this story. California lawmakers seek to pressure Governor Newsom to speed up reopening of Disneyland and other large theme parks. Uh, this is a, a bill proposed by two state lawmakers from Southern California, and this was introduced last Thursday, meaning to put pressure on Governor uh, Newsom to speed up the reopening of Disneyland, Universal Studios. Uh, you know, whatever. Under Newsom's current reopening framework, large theme parks aren't allowed to open until the county they're located in reaches the least restrictive fourth tier or yellow tier. But smaller theme parks with the capacity of less than 15,000 can reopen in the third tier, which I, I definitely don't understand. I feel like Newsom sort of tied his own hands behind his back, you know what I mean? Or handcuffed himself to the headboard if you want to get freaky about it. Uh, because it's like a theme park is a theme park. I don't know. I feel like yeah. you can't open, you can't open, you yeah. know, knots and not Magic Mountain. That doesn't, it doesn't make any sense it, to it me. Doesn't and I'm not sense. saying that knots is in this third tier. I just, I don't know. I was the first smaller theme park I could, I could think of. The new measure is called AB 420. What uh, calls on the governor <laughs> to allow large theme parks to open alongside the smaller ones in the orange tier. Blah blah. Blah. A year after parks closed in response to the pandemic, tens of thousands of employees remain out of work while local business 
businesses, communities, surrounding theme parks, and local governments face ongoing negative consequences, the California Attractions and Park Association said in a statement applauding the new legislation. But it's better than being dead. I'm just, I, I just want to remind everybody that, that this is why that they're closed. This is why we're out of work. But anyway, um, so I decided to look at the numbers in Southern California, in Orange County specifically, and you can definitely see like the effect of the, you know, the other shelter in place um, and then, you know, the vaccine. So the high point of uh, this year, this current year of uh, new COVID cases was 45,868 on January 12th. Whoa. That's yeah, and so that's what we're talking about when 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 you guys hear me being super negative and 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 you know pooping on everything out here when Disney World is open, they you know I think they're like maybe like eleven or twelve thousand. We're forty five thousand cases in one county in a day. Like it it just it makes no like. Well, no, actually that's the whole entire state. Um, that's the whole entire state. My bad. Let me. I was like forty five grand and. Yeah, an OC. I know that's insane. Are there any people left? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, let's just continue with that. So the state forty five thousand as of February seventeenth. New cases sixty two hundred. Wow. Yeah. So in what thirty four days, thirty five days, or something like that? It's it's just it's on a superb downward trend. Wow. Yes, absolutely. Which is great. So I'm very very excited about that. That's good stuff. Um, There's yeah. So, so um, I, I thought I was getting the Orange County uh, dashboard, but apparently I I didn't. Let me. Uh, why don't you go ahead? They're and ask. still in the purple tier, aren't they? They're still in purple, but I think they're going to shift down. I think they're going to downshift a little bit. Yeah, he said that it's going to be um, res- like restrictions being lessened next week in most counties throughout the state. Some of them going not only from purple to red, but from purple to orange. Wow. That's wild, dude. That's insane to me. Yeah, <laughs> oh that seems God. fast. Uh, yeah, me. like somebody doesn't want to recall. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's that w- true. That would never happen anyway. <laughs> so, Jason, I'm curious. Like, yes, Taryn. Are you then no. against that bill or for it? I don't know. I don't. I don't care. I don't know. I mean, if it, it look if if the the bill the bill is pushed and then you know the city of Anaheim is obviously behind it, it does seem like it's definitely more motivated by the amount of dollars that people are losing, the companies are losing, rather than what's safe for people. Um, you know, you can talk about uh, oh, well, Disney World's open, but the dominant COVID strain is the UK strain, which is like seventy percent more able to spread and like it, yeah. it's a little more deadly. I think is from what I've read too. I don't know. Um, so they're having a large problem with it. Who's they? Florida. Okay. So I don't think people can sit there and say, well, there's nothing. Walt Disney World isn't contributing to cases because it is because people are moving around the state to go to Florida. But they're not tying anything to Florida. So I feel like we're avoiding that problem by keeping everything close. So I think I'm against the bill. Let's, let's wait until everything is, is normal. I think the plan now is fine. Let's just stick with the plan. If you really want things to, to, to hurry up and get there, don't go out without a mask. Social distance and wash your hands, and it will happen. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't that's, know. The way I, that's the way I feel about it. I think that the restrictions to open up a theme park in California are too tight. Mm. I think that – so I think I'm in favor of the bill. I don't think it should open next week. I think that – but 
I mean, you see the the line, it's dropping. It's dropping, but I think a lot of it's from vaccinations and it's from mm-hmm. people yeah. sheltering and staying at home again. That was yeah, that whole last like 30 days. So those, these measures are effective. I think the only thing on the side of reopening the parks early is because of the amount of vaccines that have been, you know, have been making the rounds in California. So if we do get a spike, hopefully it wouldn't be that that much. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like we're right. We're almost to the finish line of this, the, the finish line, right? We're almost over like the hump. We're almost at herd immunity. We're almost there. Can't we just get another four months of this? Six months? I think the parks will be able to open in six months. That's my that's my opinion on it. So let's just wait. Let's just wait for it. Let's let's get people vaccinated and let's per, let's try to prevent um, another spike and another spike in deaths and cases. Let's let's try to actually squash this thing instead of reopening a little prematurely. Then you get people go, well, I don't need. It's fine. Everyone else is vaccinated. I don't need to get vaccinated. And then they go home and infect their entire family. Well, see, I I almost think that, that, that you're. Happens. I think yeah. that almost you're being overly optimistic about. Uh, it's about, weird, I know. About the parks opening in six months without this bill. Yeah. I think with this bill, they might open in six months. No. I think without the bill, it's not going to be until next year. Like, there's, I mean, to get to Maybe. the yellow tier. But think about it. In the entire state, we went from 45,000 cases to 6,000 cases in like 35 days. That's huge. Give that another two months or three months, it's, we're, we'll, we'll be in yellow tier. No way. No, no doubt about it. It'll, I mean, that was my year in prediction. That was my the first show in this, of this year. I said in six months, Disneyland will be open. And if I didn't, I'm saying I did now. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, that I one. don't remember. That I think either. I did yeah, actually. I, don't I think, think that was my prediction. That. <laughs> I think that was my prediction. Why would go back and listen to it? <laughs> because I, because the vaccine. That's the only reason. The only the only way Californians can figure their own lives out is if through medicine. We can't we can't do it uh, any other way. So we're getting vaccinated. Everything's happening. It's great. So let's just wait. There's no need to. And I, I, I'm, I'm my, the cynical part of me is like the politicians are politicianing. They don't really care either way, but they're doing it to make themselves look good. So then in reelection, they can go, well, I mean, you know, here I was, uh, you know, the vaccine was already rolling out. And then I decided to start pushing for this bill. Like, you know, come on, dude. Where were you, you know, eight months ago? Probably not trying to get COVID, but now the vaccine's out. Right, people are getting vaccinated. No one cares so much, and I think that's the danger zone. I don't think you want people to go out to skip their things and go. Well, it's everything's fine. I think you got to take it slower than that. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know what the answer is. I really don't know what the answer is. That's why I'm not a politician. It's the only reason. <laughs> I don't know. I think you get yeah, you get your reason. vaccine, so you're safe. And if somebody doesn't want to get their vaccine, that's that's their problem. That's their problem. But there's also the the other side of well, you know, the vaccine isn't a hundred percent, and you don't know if you can spread it. We don't know that yet. So there is still you know a sense of like this is why this is why the CDC is still saying once you get vaccinated, still wear a mask out, be be cautious, because we still don't really know. Yeah. So let's just be cautious. It's another, what's another six months, eight months, maybe. I don't know. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. Uh, you know what else is tough, man? The, uh, the new trailer for Cruella, which is the mm-hmm. uh, origin story of Cruella DeVille from 101 Dalmatians. That trailer dropped 
Uh, and starring Emma Stone. Mm. She's great. Mm. You all right, Terrence? She's a great, she's a great actress. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just want to play a little bit of it. I just, I don't know. Here, here's a little bit of it. From the very beginning, I realized I saw the world differently than everyone else. That didn't sit well with some people. But I wasn't for everyone. I guess they were always scared that I'd be a psycho. It, it's 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 drawing a lot of parallels to Harley Quinn and the Joker because it's making her like mentally ill, um, kind of like psychopathic and a criminal mastermind. And it's just that's not what I imagine Cruella Deville being. I mean, she's an animal abuser, and you know I think the danger is sort of here where you you have a backstory for people like this is you sort of humanize their their um their evil side yeah you know what i mean people crazy people can't be crazy anymore yeah and it's like there has to be a reason or whatever but i just i don't know man do we need another super villain who's crazy story this is to me it's very boring i'm sure it's going to make billions of dollars for disney and that's fine but it's it 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 plays more like honestly it plays more like a, a Catwoman movie uh, specifically like Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman mm-hmm. than anything else. Yeah. Like I always vibed with Cruella or I always got the vibe from her more that she evil. Sure. Right. But more like wealthy entitled. I want things my way. This is how they're going to go. As yeah. opposed to yeah. insane. Right. And apparently the, the, the hint at this trailer that she is wealthy because she robbed a bank. Or That's something so like that, stupid. and then like there's a so she's like a fashion head. There's a part where she like walks into this party, and it's in the trailer. I'm not spoiling anything. And then everyone like turns and looks at her. And she's with this big white gown, and then she lights it on fire, and it disappears. And she's wearing this like red cocktail dress, and it's just like this is stupidest, like, the, the dumbest gimmick I've ever seen. That's dumb. It looks cool, I guess, but what is this? The friggin' Hunger Games? That's what I was just gonna say. That literally exactly. already happened. It, yeah, we've yeah. seen it before. <laughs> like, Katniss, don't ever steal this from me again. Like it's just—I <laughs> don't know. I just—it's. Yeah. It, I, I feel like sometimes when they're making movies now, they're just sort of like taking bits and pieces of hit movies and mashing them together in a meat grinder and going, "Well, this is what we're getting out of this." So the, the AI says that this is going to be good. So this is what has to go on the screen. Well, and everyone and else like, going, I don't understand it. And like, well, this is what the page says. Don't look at me. Only three hundred million. Yeah, like her walking into the room and everybody taking notice of her is also very like. Anna Winter, like mm-hmm. Devil Wears Prada, mm. yeah, fashion head. There are parallels. It's like, weird, why man. didn't they just make this a movie about a crazy lady and not I about Cruella? I would have, I honestly, I would have liked it for her to uh, been wealthy somehow, whatever. I don't really care. And then she just slowly goes mad because she's like alone. And then she sees all these dogs and wants to make a coat. Isn't that the 101 Dalmatians where she wants to like make a coat out of these doggies? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Which I stand by. I think that's fine. <laughs> um, and the dude, I don't know that, but to Fair. make it like it Sorry, takes place Peter. in like uh, London in the 70s and she has like this punk rock vibe going on and it's just like, I don't know what we're doing anymore. More, more and more backstory. I'm sure it'll be fine, but whatever. Who cares? Did you like Joker? No. Uh, no. Hey, 
Hated it. <laughs> Hated it. Yeah, I give it really? two snaps and a twist. Hated it. Yeah. Hated it. I gave it three snaps awful. in Z formation. I thought it was good. <laughs> awful. Awful, awful trite. Really? Awful. Yeah. It's every every stereotypical tropish. Uh, I'm super crazy, but I take care of my mom. And just shut the... Whatever. I hated it. It was awful. Okay. I think Joaquin Phoenix did good, but that stupid Joker dance, get the, stop it. Stop it with that. Whatever. Okay. Um, you know what I say? Don't stop with. I'm trying for a segue. It's not working. Uh, there's another <laughs> Disney theme park getting ready to open again. Hong Kong Disneyland has closed down now three times oh, during this dear. pandemic, which should be sort of a sign to everybody that it's just Disney can do some things correctly. Yes. But it's not always you have to have to have a Disney park open. You have to have an insane governor hiding a lot of numbers, which is now call coming out. The governor of, of Florida is literally hiding case numbers and death numbers. And it just don't trust any numbers coming out of Florida. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Friday, uh, Disneyland, Hong, Hong Kong Disneyland is opening up again. And that's basically the story. Oh, okay. So everyone's excited. So now you can go to, but I don't even think we can travel to Hong Kong, right? Yeah, we can't go there. Yeah. So there's that. Also, that's a hard pass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, the, that. The hardest <laughs> of hard passes. Come on in, guinea pigs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm kind of all right with it. Uh, here's a cool story, uh, you know, I guess. Uh, you can get married in front of the uh, Tower of Terror in Disney World. I thought That's that was cool. I saw that. I thought yeah. that was kind of neat, man. Like, like after hours? I would imagine. Yeah, okay. I would imagine. Um, Disney World Thrill Ride uh, Tower of Terror is just one of several unique wedding ceremony locations in the theme parks. In fact, Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings and Honeymoons offers a range of incredible venues for couples who want to celebrate their love in the most magical place on Earth. Taryn, try to get an interview with someone from there, please. Or I'm tell Matt, tell new Maddie to do it. Tell Maddie. Okay. New Maddie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Maddie 2.0. Even though the Hollywood Tower uh, Hotel looks spooky and foreboding during the day, its outdoor courtyard, which apparently we don't know about because yeah. we walked right by it to go listen to Aerosmith scream at us. Which um, was really fun. It was cool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, couples uh, hoping for an otherworldly experience may want to book Pandora the World of Avatar for their ceremony so they can recite their vows against a backdrop of colorful foliage and floating mountains. Your love carries me away a lot like these mountains do, designed by the formidable Joe Rody. <laughs> Can oh sorry. Uh what? Can you get married like anywhere at I mean I know that they have the No, I can't. Locations. I'm already married. You're already married. Yeah. But like um could you could someone get married? <laughs> Stop it. Like What? Did you just take your ring off? Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I put it back Can, on. Uh like if I were to call Disney and be like, uh, I want to get married in front of the people mover, um, <laughs> can, can you I imagine? do that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and Lilo and Stitch escape from <laughs> yeah. Hawaii. Uh, no, I, it sounds like there's like they have just locations that are just sort of set for it. And then that's, you know, and then that's. Do you think fine. they would actually say no? Yeah, I do. I mean, unless you're like Kanye West. Who's, yeah. Wants to get married again somewhere. I don't know. And then you'd be like, yeah, I want to get married on the third spire from the right. Just I want to hover over it. I'm sure they would do it for like a million dollars. <laughs> hmm. But anyway, 
There you go. You can get married in front of the Tower of Terror. And then, of course, they have like the little pews for everyone to sit in. And it's all like themed properly and whatever. It does look like it's at night. So, Do you, you guys know. ever see that show where the people get married at Disney World? Like it's like. Yes. Yeah. We watched it We watched once, a couple episodes. And it was. It's like a reality show. And awful. They, they like put together these giant weddings for these people. We talked about it on the show once. I think so. And I thought it, like. That's the kind of show that just like screams Taryn, and it was not that good. I was very disappointed. I hate it when that happens. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Um, let's see. Here's another story. Very early on, you could play a fire dragon sorcerer and add your charisma bonus to each ray thanks to elemental affinity. This was nerfed. In- oh, I'm sorry. That's my uh, Dungeons and Dragons guide. Sorry. Um, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> are you serious? Uh, I got my uh, I got my wow. my tabs mixed up. All right, let's do two more. I was going to talk about the Gina Carano thing, but I'm going to save it all for the secret show. Okay. Um, and then um, this one I'm going to tell you about uh, WandaVision, the uh, the series on Disney Plus is getting its own documentary, of course, on Disney Plus following the Mandalorian and. Frozen two, so we started watching. Um, we started watching WandaVision through our friend's Disney Plus account, and it's pretty good. If you haven't seen it, it's the Scarlet Witch from the Marvel movies or whatever, and then uh, Vision from the Marvel movies. But her name is Wanda, and his name is Vision, and it's WandaVision. But it's but they take you through like these sitcom tropes, like they, they start out in the fifties and they go to the sixties and seventies, whatever. And it's uh, it's done very well. Uh, I don't necessarily get a lot of stuff in it, but um, it's cool. I like it. I actually really like it. So, uh, Assembled, the making of WandaVision is the first in a new series streaming on Disney Plus that will go behind the scenes of the series and movies of the MCU, according to the company. A similar documentary is already available to watch on Disney Plus that examines how the Marvel Cinematic Universe came together, providing a more in-depth look at Marvel Entertainment, specifically from the comics uh, in general. So, if you are a WandaVision fiend... That's probably pretty cool. Yeah, I think that'll be fun, man. And also probably pretty easy for them. Like, because basically they're just going behind the scenes and then adding some history. Sure. And, you know, this was already in the works beforehand. That's like you know such what I mean? Because, yeah. yeah, if you're doing, I mean, all of these like behind the scenes movies or how these movies, these documentaries on these movies, how they're made, that's all planned. Like, hey, we're also going to have a documentary crew like hanging out with us yeah you know i mean but it's like it's funny because it's it, to me it looks like very clearly it's on the universal lot it looks like every it looks like mm-hmm. the burbs it looks like uh, back girls. to the future it looks like the gilmore girls yeah it's this it's like the same thing but uh um yeah i don't know check it out you guys uh, i think you might like it all right we're gonna take uh well we're gonna leave actually we're not gonna take <laughs> yeah we ain't taking nothing except Outro. your soul yeah that's right <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, Really appreciate it. Uh, We'll be back in two weeks with uh, another show. I don't know what we're doing, but we'll be talking about uh, something. In between then, we're going to have Ears Up In Depth with Jeremy and Jason, which is me, and talking about some Disney news or I don't know what we're doing, but we're doing something. And I think that'll be uh, really cool. If you are listening live, the link to The Secret Show is already in the Patreon page, so go and check that out. Jump in there. We'll be there about 15, 20 minutes. And uh, we're going to make a drink, and we'll talk uh, Disney news. We're making... What are we making, Bev? We're making a... Whiskey sour. Whiskey sour. And uh, I didn't post it, 
in there, but I should I just give the recipe. I mean, it's not like it's, it's a, not hard. It's not hard. <laughs> Where is it? Stop it, Terrence. What? Yeah, Terrence. Uh, no, it, I saw you. Two ounces of bourbon uh, whiskey, one ounce of lemon juice, three quarter ounce simple syrup. There you go. So Easy peasy. Drink with us. Make that. Come hang out in the secret show, whatever. Um, until next time, everybody, we will see you. Oh, yeah. Never mind. We'll see you in the parks. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, wrong one. <laughs> there we go. Bye. Bye.